Thanks for listening in to the Calvary Podcast, coming to you from Miami, Florida. We're so glad you've joined us. We hope today's message will encourage you and remind you that God is with you and He's for you. Here's today's message. Love it. All right. Ecclesiastes chapter four is kind of been like our base verse or scriptures um, for this series, Better Together. We've been talking about friendships, community, relationships, and we really believe that God's about to take our church into a next level of just community and friends. And I love this. Uh, I want you to put it up on the big screen, big TV. And look what it says in Ecclesiastes chapter four, verses nine through 12. It says this, two people are better off than than one. For they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, well, they have somebody else that it says the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone, they're, they're in some real trouble, it says. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm. But how can one be warm alone? Verse 12, a person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. It actually says, wait a minute, more than two, three are even better. For a triple braided cord is not easily broken. For a triple braided cord is not easily broken. We've been talking about friendships. We've been talking about community. We've been talking about relationships. And we really believe that we want to be a church that lives in community, that lives in relationship with good, godly, amazing people next to us. And that's our prayer for you. That's our prayer for our church. And today, out of these verses and through this series, I want to talk to you. If you're writing notes, I want to talk to you out of this subject. Friends, how many of us have them? Friends, how many of us have them? I want you to write that down. And we're note takers in church. I just believe it helps us to remember a little bit more as we're going through our day. Come on, before we begin, can we close our eyes, bow our head? Let's ask God to help us over these next few minutes. Father, we thank you so much for this morning. We thank you for your goodness, for your grace, God. Thank you for just the incredible week has been. Thank you for this historic day, a brand new chapter, God, for our church. As our Kendall campus has a brand new 6 p.m. service tonight, God, we pray that you would move in Jesus' name. And we pray, and we thank you for our city campus, God, as they move to 6 p.m. as well. Thank you for every person in attendance, God. Thank you for this community, this house, this church. Have your way today, God. Open up our eyes to know you and see you better. And uh, God, we pray that you would be lifted high. It is in Jesus' name that we pray. All of God's people say. Amen. Oh, come on. All of God's people say. Amen. Come on. Can you give Jesus one more shout of praise? Come on, 11 a.m. Have you ever understood how important our decisions are? Decisions are extremely, extremely, I'm going to talk about decisions for a moment. Decisions are extremely, extremely important. For example, I'll ask you this. Have you ever made a bad decision? <laughs> Have you ever made a bad decision? Like they, that, this, this is when you find out, whoa, decisions are more important than I thought right? Okay, I'll give you an example. Uh, this is me. This is the game I like to play. Now that we have automated tolls, not so much, but when I used to drive on a turnpike and you're approaching the toll booths, I would look to see which line was the shortest one and the fastest one. Anybody like me? Yeah. Have you ever made a decision to say this is the fastest one and got it in the slowest, longest line? <laughs> 
This thing looked like it was going to be the shortest one. I got in that line. I ended up being in the tow booth for like 30 minutes. All the other lanes just went right through, right? You made a bad decision. The other day, we were coming back into the country from being out of town and at the airport going through customs. The same thing. I'm, like, I'm trying to pick which line am I going to stand in at customs. And, and I made a bad decision. I had despised all the other lines because they look extremely long. And I got in this one line where I'm like, oh, three people in front of me. This is going to be quick. Those three people took an hour each, right? And it's just like, oh... I made a bad decision. Have you ever made a bad decision? Have you ever decided to take another street to go to work only to find out there's construction going on? Like the Palmetto Expressway that has never-ending construction for years and years on it. Have you ever gone to the bank on the wrong day and everybody's at Have you ever gone to the mall on the wrong day? Bad decisions. And you run into your ex? Hello. <laughs> or everybody seems to be shopping. Bad decisions, right? I want to tell you today that your decisions are important. I think we don't understand sometimes how important decisions are in our life. A wrong decision can lead you to a wrong direction. A wrong decision can lead you to a wrong direction. We need to give thought and value to our decisions because our decisions, they make us, they shape us, and our decisions, they form us. They really do. I really believe that your decisions today will shape your tomorrow. For example, if you decide and if we decide to eat some Krispy Kreme donuts today, they will shape our tomorrow. <laughs> if today we say, hey, the fast is over and today we decide to eat a bunch of cheeseburgers and pizzas, it will, it will shape our tomorrow. You know what I'm talking about, right? Our decisions today will shape our tomorrow. If today you decide to be financially unwise and go to the mall and buy every pair of sneakers, every kind of clothing, and you decide to be financially unwise, tomorrow we can't complain that our finances are upside down because our decisions today, they shape our tomorrow. One of the most important decisions we are going to make in our life is deciding who our friends are going to be. This is one of the most important and vital decisions that we are going to make in life. Who are the people that are going to surround us? Who are the people that are going to live with us? Who are the people that I'm going to give my ear to? Who are the people that I'm going to listen to advice? Because I just don't want to be surrounded. I want to be surrounded correctly. I just don't want to have friends. I want to have the right friends around my life. This is extremely, extremely important. We need to have the right friends in our life. Week one, we talked about having friendships, and we talked about the foundation of friendships, why it's important. I think a lot of us, humanity today, we live by ourselves. We talked about social media, and we talked about humanity just living on their own. I'm solo dolo. I don't need nobody. I don't listen to nobody. I don't need no friends. But, but the Bible said, is it not good for man to be alone? Right? We need some friends in our life. And we talked about that. We too, my wife last week talked about the, the hardships of relationships, right? It's not always easy. Sometimes it's difficult. This is why we need to wear compassion, mercy, and forgiveness. That way we can have better relationships in life. Today I want to talk to you that we need to we, we need not, not just be surrounded, we need right friends in our life. We really need right people in our life. I think it's time that we need to be start surrounding ourselves with the right people because sometimes you can have wrong friends in your life. Wrong friends can lead you to the wrong direction. Wrong friends can lead you to the wrong destiny in your life. Right? Like, you're surrounded by some wrong people. You're going to end up in some places you might not want to end up in. 
right? Like I think a lot of us, we probably have some friends in our life that we've known for ages and for years, but, but we know those relationships are toxic. We know we shouldn't have those type of friendships. We love them. We've known them since we were in diapers, but, but we're like, wait, wait a minute. Every single time I'm around these kind of friends, I end up doing things I, sh I, I shouldn't be doing. I'll never forget when I was about 15, 16, we went to the movie theater, and it was a bunch of us hanging out. We got a midnight show, right? And we went to the movie theater. We got out about 1.30 in the morning, and when we're leaving the parking garage, uh, for some reason, it was all locked up. Like, they forgot people were watching movies at, at midnight, and they locked everything up. And so we're trying to leave the parking garage, and, and the parking stick, right? That's what we called it, like the parking stick, whatever it's called, it wasn't going up. Nothing was working in the parking garage. And I was around some friends that they were in a big good influence and and they were just like just run through the stick <laughs> and we tried lifting up the stick we tried moving it was not it was not budging right and so whoever was driving just went reverse and uh, then just hit it on drive really really fast and the stick broke in a million pieces don't judge me you've done your own things okay I see some looks right now it's not cool my parents are here I didn't want them to hear this but we're don't worry about it. It's a new me. Um, but, but we've made some wrong decisions in our life, right? I think a lot of us, this new season, this new stage that God wants to take you in, he wants to surround you with some good people, right? He wants to surround you with some people that are actually for you, for your marriage, for your family, for your finances, and they want to help you move forward. You need some right people in your life. The Bible says this in the book of Proverbs, chapter 13, verse 20. Walk with the wise and you become wise. It says, but if you associate with fools, you're going to get in some trouble, it says. Oh, it says you're going to get in some troubles, right? You want to be smarter? Hang around with some smart people. You want to be financially wise? Hang around some people that got some finances in order in their life, right? Some people who say, hey, let's take financial classes on Thursday night together at church. Hang around with some people that, that you want to have a, a strong, successful marriage? Hang around some people that have successful marriages, right? And get some counsel and advice from them. We need to be careful with wrong friends. I'm not saying you have to hate them. I'm not saying you have to stop talking to them. That's not who we are. I'm just saying be careful who you give your ear to. Be careful who you allow in your life. Now, now right friends, right friends are a blessing. Right? The right people can be such a help for your life. I really believe this. I'll tell you this today. The right friends can propel you into your destiny. Right friends can propel you into your destiny, right? I believe that having the right people in your life, they, there's nothing like a right friend. There's nothing like a good, right, awesome friend. A right friend can bring healing in times of tragedy. A right friend can bring words of advice in difficult moments in your life, right? Like a right friend, a good friend. You need a right friend in your life. I'll say this. One right friend is better than a hundred wrong friends. Right? You, you need that right friend in your life. And I believe that today God wants to surround you with right people in your life. It's important that me and you be surrounded, but not just surrounded, be surrounded by the right people. The book of Ecclesiastes, right? Like this is Solomon writing this book. Solomon was the wisest king who ever lived, right? He asked God for one thing and he said, God, just give me wisdom. And, and Solomon had incredible wisdom. The Bible says that people used to come from far away just to hear and listen to Solomon. He had a whole lot of wisdom and he's writing this book of wisdom called Ecclesiastes he's writing this thing and, and right around chapter 4 he begins to talk about what good is it to live life alone right he says what good is it to live life get all these riches get all these blessings and then have nobody to share it with right and he says oh to live life alone is actually a tragedy he begins to say that he says oh man if you get into a pit nobody's gonna help you out and if there's a cold night nobody's gonna warm you up and uh, if you are getting fought against nobody's gonna be there to protect you. 
and he talks about two being better than one. And then he says, actually, three are better. And what he's saying basically is that life, it is better together. Life is better together. When you live life with people, there's, there's more moments of joy. There's more moments of memories and a lot more to share with. If, even if you're going through pain, sometimes you need somebody to share that pain with. He's saying life is better together. I really believe this for us today. I really believe this. Some of us in here, if not most of us, you are one friend away from changing the course of your destiny. You are one friend away from changing the course of your destiny. And maybe you're here and you're saying, Alex, how? I don't believe this. I'll give you just one small example, right? In the Bible, we all know the Apostle Paul who wrote 13 letters of the New Testament and one of the greatest evangelists of all times. Well, before he was Paul, he was known as Saul. Now, Saul, he was a bad man. Saul was a killer. I'm not a killer, but don't push me, right? That, that was Saul, right? Saul. <laughs> Saul. <laughs> Where did that come from? Saul. Saul was, he hated Christians. Like, he literally used to go into churches, and he used to drag Christians out. He used to go to their houses where they had connect groups, literally. And he used to drag them out of their houses. He used to beat Christians up, legit. Like, he used to make them go through some trouble. He even gave an order to kill Christians. Like, Saul was a bad man. But Saul one day is on his way to Damascus to go actually pursue and persecute more Christians. And on the way to Damascus, Jesus Christ appears to him, knocks him off his horse. He got knocked out by Jesus. Knocks him off his horse, right? He is confronted by Jesus. He gets saved. He believes in Jesus. He repents. He starts a brand new day. And he begins to preach the gospel all over. Like, he's just a changed radical man. He goes to Jerusalem because he wants to join the other Christians and other believers. But when he gets, when he gets to Jerusalem, all the other disciples are like, wait a minute, hold up. Hold up. We, we recognize you. You're the same one that persecuted our family, our friends. You're the same one that killed our brother, Stephen. Oh, wait, we, we don't trust you. He needed a friend to help him propel him into the right destiny. Look what the Bible says in the book of Acts, chapter 9, verse 26 through 28. It says, when he came to Jerusalem, he tried to join the disciples, but they were all what? They were all afraid of him. They're like, no, this guy's a Trojan horse. He's coming to act as a friend. He's going to turn on us. And it says, not believing that he was really a disciple. Look at verse 27. It says, but Barnabas. You should underline that. You should we all need a Barnabas in our life. It says, but Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles. And he told them how Saul on his journey had seen the Lord and that the Lord had spoken to him. And how in Damascus he had preached fearlessly in the name of Jesus. And from that day on, it says, so Saul stayed with them and moved about freely in Jerusalem, speaking boldly in the name of the Lord. If it wasn't for Barnabas, Paul never would have gotten to Jerusalem, associated and become friends with the rest of the disciples, gone on to become the biggest evangelist of all time, writing 13 letters. But he needed a Barnabas in his life to say, I'm going to fight for you. I'm going to believe in you. Come on. We, all, we are one friend away from changing the direction of our destiny. Today, I don't know what kind of friends you have in your life, but I want to tell you, God wants to bring in that one extra friend that's going to change the course of your destiny. We need friends in our life, right friends in our life. I want to talk to you for the next few minutes about three specific type of friends that we need in our lives. I want us to look at the, the life of David for a moment. King David, we all know King David is the awesome man after God's own heart. David was one of the greatest kings to ever live in history. But a lot of times we can, we can see somebody's glory, but we forget their story. And we forget that he had some people surrounding him that helped him reach God's call for his life, right? David had three specific friends. I want to give you three friends 
that we need in our lives. The first one is this. We all need a spiritual leader who sees more in you. We all need a spiritual leader who sees more in you, right? I think a lot of us, we have friends, and, and our friends have been friends that have been friends with us for a long time. They know you from the block. They know you from the neighborhood. They know you from school. They know you from back in the day. So, so when you tell them that now you're a Christian, when you tell them that now you join the Connect Group, they're going to be like, mm, yeah, okay. <laughs> no, no, really, me and my wife are leading a Connect Group. <laughs> I know you, right? Like, right? Oh, come on, you're still the same because they know you. Like, they're your friend. They care about you. Like, I'm not saying they're bad. They're, they're good friends, but they can't see beyond what they know. You need a friend that sees beyond what's on the outside. You need a friend that can look at you and say, wait a minute, I know you've made some mistakes and, and I know you for the last couple of years, but I believe there's a call of God over your life. I believe there's a destiny on the inside of you. I believe there's something special on the inside. I'm going to believe in you. I'm going to call that thing out. Like I, I'm, We all need a spiritual leader. We need a mentor, a pastor, a leader, somebody that lives with us day to day, text, phone call, that can see more that sometimes we can see in ourselves. Sometimes we don't even believe it in ourselves. Sometimes we're like, God use me? No, not, not me. God have a purpose for my life? No, definitely not me because we can't see past the outside. The Bible says that God doesn't look at the outside. He looks at the inside. Get you somebody around you that can look at the inside. Get you a leader that can see the inside and, and believes in you no matter what. For David, that was the prophet Samuel. Right? David was just a young shepherd boy and he was taking care of some sheep. And it says that one day, this prophet, he's actually the one that had anointed or called the, the king before. The king before, his name was Saul, and Saul was just going sideways, and God rejected him as king, and God wanted to raise up a new king. So God told prophet, uh, the prophet Samuel, hey, I want you to go and anoint the next king. And so Samuel goes, and he goes, go down to Jesse's house. Jesse has a line of boys, and they're all handsome, they're all tall. He says, one of them are gonna, is going to be the next king. And so he goes down to Jesse's house, and they're all good-looking guys there, right? They all look like me and Jersey and Adam. And... <laughs> but God doesn't look at the outside. God looks at the inside, right? And so, so Samuel's there, and he's like, none, none, of, these, none of your boys are, are going to be king. Are you sure you don't have... His dad didn't even buy. It's pretty sad when even his father didn't see what was inside of him. Right? But you need a friend that can see what's on the inside. He's like, no, you have to have another boy. He's like, yeah, I have another boy, but he takes care of sheep. He smells like sheep. He's talking like sheep. Bam, like he's just out of his mind. Like, are you sure? Like, yeah, yeah, bring him over. And they bring over David. And when he sees David, he says, this is him. Right? You need a spiritual leader that can see more inside of you than anybody else can see. Look at this. 1 Samuel chapter 16, verses 12 through 13. It says, then the Lord said, rise and anoint him. This is the one. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. You need somebody like that, that they will see God's, God's call over your life. They will call it out. They will pray for you. They will anoint you with oil. They'll say, come on, I believe in you. Don't give up on your marriage yet. There's more for your marriage. There's more for your family. Come on, keep going after God's call. You need a Samuel in your life. A spiritual leader who sees more in you. In my own life, I've been blessed that I've had a lot of spiritual leaders in my life, right? Who have seen more in me than I ever saw myself, right? When I was about 15, 16, I'll never forget, I had this, this my first connect group leader ever. His name was Shadrach, and Shadrach was awesome. And he would come over to my house, and he'd say, hey, you're getting in the car. We're going to connect group. He'll pick me and my brother up, and he'll take us to connect group, but we don't want to go. 
And he's like, no, come on, come on. There's a call of God over your life. Come on, you guys need to get in connect group. And we'll be in connect group and we'll start to read the Bible. And he's like, hey, you read a verse. And I didn't even want to read a verse. I was shy and timid. And he's like, no, come on, you need to share. And he would always draw more out from, from me than I ever thought I had inside of me. Right? And that's when I was 15 years old. All these years later, last year, we connected again and we started talking. And actually, a few months ago, we, we sat down for lunch. And he's like, look at you now, man. This is crazy. And I'm like, I can't believe it either. <laughs> right? But, but I thanked him because he's like, man, I always saw it in you. And I'm just like, wow, you know, you, you need those kind of people in your life. I had a youth pastor when I was about 20 years old, 21 years old. Or I would say more like our young adults. We had a young adults group. His name was Frank. And Frank was awesome. Frank started out as just like a regular friend. He wasn't a youth pastor yet. And uh, we had classes in Miami Dade College together. And I remember between classes, he'd be like, hey, let's go to my house. He lived across the street. And uh, when we would go to his house, he'll pop in uh, preachings of T.D. Jakes. He's the one that introduced me to T.D. Jakes, and who became my favorite preacher. And I believe he's the best preacher of all time. And uh, he's like, let's watch some T.D. Jakes. And I'm like, that's a good idea. And then we would watch T.D. Jakes. And, and he always believed more in me than I ever believed in myself. I'll never forget, Frank one day told me, Alex, one day you're going to be a minister. And I'm just like, what? <laughs> you know, like, that's crazy, you know? Uh, but he would always, and when I had hard times, I would run to him and talk to him. And he was a spiritual leader in my life. And recently, last year, I ran into him at a restaurant, and we've been talking. And this past week, as I was preparing for the message, I just sent him a text. And I said, hey, you know what? Uh, thank you for everything. Thank you for believing in me. Thank you for seeing. I'm so grateful for your life. You need a spiritual leader in your life who's going to see more in you than you can ever see in yourself. Right? Get, you a, get you a Samuel in your life. Number two, get you a spiritual friend who strengthens you. Get you a spiritual friend who strengthens you. Life is difficult, and, and following Jesus, the journey after Jesus that we're all in, none of us are perfect. We're going to have some hard times, and there's going to be some times where you're disappointed. There's going to be some times where you're discouraged. You need a spiritual friend to come and strengthen you. Right? Who are your friends that are, do you have friends that are spiritual friends that can understand where you are in your journey after Jesus and can strengthen you with the word from God, can strengthen you with a passage of the Bible, right? Friends, not that they want to tear you down, but they actually want to build you up and build your spirit and build your calling. You need some friends that will strengthen you in God. For David, that was Jonathan. Jonathan, that's the second friend that he had in his life. Jonathan was his best friend. That was his brother from another mother, right? Like Jonathan was his, his best friend. They were home. They were best buds. They were awesome. Like, they loved one another. They, they made a covenant together. And whenever David was weak, whenever David was like, okay, I know God has called me and, and Samuel told me about this call, but man, I'm weak right now. He had Jonathan there to strengthen him. There was moments in David's life where he didn't even want to keep going. There was moments where he's like, I'm done with this. I'm fed up with this. Saul was after him to kill him. The, the king had became jealous of David and wanted to kill him. And so David was in hiding, and he's like, how much longer can I take this? And look at what happened. 1 Samuel chapter 23, verses 15 through 18, it says this. While David was at Horus in the desert of Sif, it says, he learned that Saul had come out to take his life. And Saul's son, Jonathan, went to David at Horus and helped him find strength in God. Jonathan came and helped him to find strength in God. And this is what Jonathan told him. Don't be afraid, he said. 
My father saw he will not lay a hand on you. You will be king over Israel and I will be second to you. Even my father Saul knows this. And the two of them, they made a covenant before the Lord. Then Jonathan went home, but David remained at Horus. Can I tell you, you need a Jonathan in your life that says, wait a minute, your marriage is going to make it. Wait a minute, you are a man or you are a woman of God. You weren't made to go that way. You weren't made to get destruction. Come on, get a Jonathan in your life. Who's going to strengthen you when you feel like giving up? Get a Jonathan in your life that will speak a word of God over your life and will remind you of everything that God has done in your life and will do through your life. Can I be honest? This thing is difficult. To follow Jesus is hard. This month coming up in October, it's going to be two years that me and Diana got called to be lead pastors of this church. And along the journey, there's been some ups and some downs. And sometimes we want to give up. Sometimes it's like, I'm done with this. Like, I, I'm through with this. Like, this is hard. This is difficult. It's not easy. Right? This is like 24-7. There's no 40 hours. It's like 90 hours a week. It's hard. Right? I remember, I thank God for friends like, like Hera and Avid, right? Some of, some of our best friends have literally become our brother and our sister. And there's some nights where we literally, we've gone over their apartment like at 11 o'clock at night. And we just begin to open up with them like, this is hard. This is difficult. Like, why don't we all just quit and let's just, let's go to Cuba. <laughs> I don't know, like, can I tell you, I'm so thankful for their life. And I just want to say thank you for the bottom of my heart. And, and they'll start to remind us about, they'll start to remind us about God's call over our life and say, no, you, you, no, God's using you and God's doing this in you and God's doing this in your lives and God, look what, the, look what the church is today and look what God's doing in your life. Just like them, Rich and Yoli, who are right here. Also people who have believed in us and we go over their house to eat some dinner and, 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 and the words that they speak, they don't even know it, but they're speaking life into our soul. Get you a Jonathan in your life that will strengthen you. When you want to give up, when you say, no, I'm not joining a connect group, get a Jonathan that said, today we're starting up for a connect group. <laughs> right? Come on, you, you need a friend like that in life. We all need a friend like that in life. Friend number three, last one. We all need a spiritual partner who's going to hold you accountable. Right? This is the third friend that David had in his life because David had Samuel who saw more in him. David had Jonathan who strengthened him. But, but David had a third friend that held him accountable. David had a third friend that told him the truth. You know when you don't want to hear the truth? <laughs> his name was Nathan. Nathan the prophet. Right? Nathan the prophet played such a vital part in, in David's life. David had just become king, and he's amazing. He's doing incredible. Everybody's cheering David on, and David's in his palace one day. And David looks down from his palace, and he sees a young girl taking a bath, and her name is Bathsheba. Bathsheba in the bath. <laughs> and he sees Bathsheba, and he's like, oh, man, she looks good. And, and David's like, bring her over. I, I, I want to be with that girl. That's going to be my new girl. And they're like, well, well, David, Bathsheba has this husband. Don't worry about it. I'll take care of the husband. And David commits adultery, and he actually goes on further, and he murders her husband. The man after God's own heart murders her husband. David was so blinded by his sin that he just kept on going. Sometimes you could be so wrong in your errors and in your sin that you don't even see where you're going. Weeks will go by, and you're in rebellion. You're not going to church. You're not going to connect group. You're not doing anything, and, and you don't even notice it yourself, right? And David just kept on going like if nothing. He had just committed adultery and murder, and he's going on like nothing. And one day Nathan approaches him, and Nathan's like, hey, David, I got a story for you. David's like, tell me the story. He's like, man, there's this one rich guy. 
he, he has so many sheep. Oh man, this guy owns so many sheep, David. This guy has sheep on sheep on sheep. Like this guy has sheep for days. He's like, oh man. He goes, but this rich guy was in the same neighborhood as one poor guy. This was a really, really poor guy who only had one little sheep. This was his little lamb. This was his little pet. This was his little best friend, pillow pet, right? Like this was his little lamb. He, he was poor. He couldn't afford another sheep. This is all he had. And he says, one day, both of them were in town, and this traveler came from out of town, and the traveler was tired, was hungry, and he wanted to eat something. And the rich man spoke up, and he said, hey, you know what you should do? You should take the poor man's lamb. What do you mean? Yeah, yeah, take the poor man. He only has one lamb, but take it. Take his lamb. And the Bible says that when Nathan told this to David, David got furious. And David was like, how dare he? Where is that rich man? I will kill that man. And Nathan says, well, David, that, that man is you. Whoa, sometimes we need a friend who's going to talk to us like that, who's going to confront us like that. When we don't want to hear it, when we, when we don't, when we think we're right in everything, you know what we don't need? We don't need yes men around us. We don't need yes people around us. Hmm, my coworker looks good. Should I talk to her? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Talk to her. Hmm, I'm thinking about cheating on my taxes to get more money back. I'm like, yeah, cheat on your taxes. So don't move the law, it. Cheat it. Right? You need people who say, no, wait, wait a minute, you're a man and a woman of integrity. Oh, come on, this guy wants me to sleep with him. We've already been talking for two. No, oh, come on, you're a man and woman of purity. Oh, this person wants me. No, 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 people who will remind you what God has called you to be. Right? You need a Nathan in your life. These three friends are going to be lifelines for you and lifelines for me. One last example, and the band can come up, and we'll finish with this. If you could bring the ropes up here really quick. We're going to rope somebody up. <laughs> You can stay there, Miguel, just for a second. You can stay right there with me. Here, Rich, if you can hold this side of the rope. Let's say this is, this is the spiritual leader who sees more in me than I don't see in myself, right? Like, this is a lifeline. When you want to run from God's call over your life and you're saying, nah, God call me, me lead a connect group next cycle, me getting one right now, me serve God, me join Dream Team. Nah, I'm leaving, I'm leaving. Right? You need, you need, that, you need that pull right back. That says, no, wait a minute, I'm, I'm the one that sees more in you. You don't believe in yourself, but I believe in you, right? We all need that, that Samuel in our life. And, you know, the second friend you need, we talked about was Jonathan. You need that Jonathan in your life. That Jonathan who, who says, hey, I'm here to strengthen your jersey. Can you grab that one right there? You need that Jonathan in your life that, that when you want to give up and when you say this is too difficult to be a Christian, it's too difficult to follow God, and you want to run, that, that Jonathan is going to pull you right back, and he's going to strengthen you in God. That's the second friend that we need. That's a lifeline. You need to be surrounded by it. And the third one, thank you so much, Miguel. Third one. Maybe you can grab that right there. Oh, that was a great throw. <laughs> that third friend that you need. Thank you so much. That third friend that you need is going to be that Nathan that's going to hold you accountable. When you want to give up on your values, when you want to give up on everything that God's called you to be, and you say, I'm done with this, he's going to pull you right, right back. Three friends, right? You need that Samuel, you need that Jonathan, and you need that Nathan. One, two, three. What, what, did, what did Ecclesiastes say? That a three-braided cord is not easily broken, right? Samuel, Jonathan, Nathan, Nathan, Jonathan, Samuel. Three, three cords in your life. 
wait, wait. Jesus himself didn't he have Peter, John, and James, right? Three, three friends in your life. You get three friends in your life. Can I tell you, the braid of your life is going to be so thick, and you're going to be surrounded by accountability, by strength, and by vision. Today, make a decision to say, you know what? I'm getting three friends around my life, and I'm going to be surrounded by good relationships. I believe God has called me. I believe God wants to surround me. Today, I believe that God wants to put some good friends around your life. And he wants to form a three-quarter braid. Come on, let's stand up to our feet all across this place. If we can, let's stand up on our feet with every eye closed and every head bowed. All across this place. I really felt this in my heart while I was preparing the message this week. I really felt this in my heart that a lot of us, you just don't need a Samuel or Jonathan and a Nathan. What I really felt in my heart is that a lot of you, you've had that in your life, but God is now calling you to become that in somebody else's life. I, I literally felt this in my heart. It was such a, like, a strong feeling in my heart that I have to say that if I don't say it, I'm going to feel guilty afterwards. That I literally felt like God said this, say this, there's some of you who have been walking with Jesus for 10, 15, 20 years, and you're still not a Samuel in somebody else's life. And God says, it's time to get off the bench. You need to become a spiritual leader in a younger person's life. Get on dream team get in a connect group even if you don't need a connect group some of us who've been walking with jesus for a long time you need to begin to get some young people around you get a younger generation around you become a model for them become a mentor for them become a coach for them become that pastor in their life come on we're gonna do this together come on with every eye closed every head bowed if you're in here today you say god i, I want a samuel a jonathan and, and a nathan in my life and, and I want to be surrounded by the right people. Friends, I want to have them. And I want to have the right ones. Can you just lift up your hands with every eye closed, every head bowed. Just lift up your hands all across this place. All of us who say, God, we, we want that Jonathan. We want that Samuel. We want that Nathan, God. Surround me. I want my life to be that, that triple braided cord, God, that's not easily broken. Father, in Jesus' name, you see all these hands that are lifted across this auditorium, God. God, I pray, Holy Spirit, for divine direction, God. God, I believe that you're a supernatural God, and I believe that you can bring godly people into every single life represented in this place, God. I pray that this week they will meet somebody brand new. They'll, they'll encounter a new person. They'll encounter a leader in this house. They'll find a friend, somebody who will come that will speak into their life, somebody that will see more in them like Samuel, God. Somebody with vision in their life. Somebody who's going to believe even when they don't believe, God. God, I pray that you raise up Samuels in this place, God. Raise up Samuels that are going to call out giftings and calls and graces over people's life god i pray that you surround us with samuels come on hands lifted all across this place god that you bring in key people with vision from heaven that will see us god that will call us and, and say i believe in you you are a man of god you are a woman of god god i pray for jonathan's i pray that this this church will be full of jonathan's friend who's who strengthens one another friends who uphold one another friends that when we want to give up and we want to throw in the towel jonathan's are there to to say you can't give up now there's a call of God over your life oh come on remember the promise remember the word bring Jonathan's around our life and God I pray that you bring Nathan's around our life Nathan's who are going to confront us God that we won't run from the truth but we'll welcome the truth friends who will keep us accountable to the values and purposes that you've called for our life God I pray that you surround us with prophets like Nathan who who will show us our sin and show us our falls not to judge us but because they love us because they believe the best in our life. God, surround us with Samuels, Jonathan, and Nathans in Jesus' name. With every eye closed, with every head bowed all across this place. I'm going to ask the entire church to pray. 
I want to do one last invitation one last prayer as the whole church is praying if you're in here today if you're listening to me in this campus or our other campus or if you're somewhere in overflow and somewhere in additional seating or if you're watching live online every eye closed every head bowed I want I would love to invite you today to a relationship with God he loves you more than you can imagine maybe today this is the first time here or the second time here and and you're saying there's no way that God can love me there's no way that God can love somebody like me because I've done too much wrong I've messed up too many times Alex there's no possible way that God loves me I want to tell you God loves you more than you could imagine he knows exactly what you've done he knows what you did last year last month in fact he knows what you did last night but this is the good news this is the gospel that God knows us yet he still loves us and today he loves you the Bible says that me and you were sinners I'm a sinner you're a sinner there's not one perfect person in this place sin separates us from God God can't be with sin so what did God do he sent his son Jesus Jesus came and he grabbed all of my sin all of your sin all of our flaws all of our errors all of our shame all of our guilt the Bible says that Jesus carried the sins of the world on his shoulders the Bible says that Jesus he went up on a cross and he paid the price for you and for me Jesus died on that cross for us and then they laid him in a grave and he was in a grave for three days but the Bible says that after three days Jesus he resurrected from the dead death couldn't defeat him and sin couldn't hold him down the Bible says that Jesus he is alive and we believe that he's alive today and he wants to give you a brand new opportunity he wants to give you a brand new life a brand new beginning he wants to forgive you from all your sin today he would love to start a relationship with you no matter where you're at there's no hole deep enough that you can hide from his grace and from his love his love is deeper still as the whole church is praying every single eye closed every head bowed for a moment of privacy and concentration in a moment I'm gonna to count to three when I count to three if you're in here and you say Alex I need a relationship with God today I want forgiveness of my sins today I want that brand new beginning I want that brand new start at the count of three I want you to raise your hand all across this place I want you to just hold it up just for a few seconds nobody looking around I'm not gonna embarrass you I'm not gonna put a mic on your face none of that I'm only gonna see you and I believe God is seeing you from heaven as you're saying God I want a relationship with you at the count of three raise your hand just for a few seconds I'll see you and then you can put it right back down one two three raise your hand as high as you can come on can you raise it up just a little bit higher I see you 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 God bless 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 you and you and you anybody else in another campus you raise your hand as well father we thank you for all these hands God I thank you for each and every person making a decision to follow you God I pray that you seal this moment with your Holy Spirit right now all of you who raise your hand, I'm going to say a simple prayer, and I want you to repeat this prayer with me from the bottom of your heart. I want you to say it out loud. I believe that God is here in this moment, and he's listening to you. You're just inviting him into your life. The Bible says if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. In fact, the whole church as a family, why don't we say this out loud? Say, Father, thank you for today. Thank you for this opportunity. I admit that I'm a sinner and that my sin separates me from you come on say Jesus I believe you're the son of God that you died for my sins and on the third day you rose again come into my life be my Lord and be my Savior in Jesus name amen amen and amen oh come on church can we give them a big hand